Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's episode of Talking Elite. Tonight, we are talking about a very awesome subject, uh, promotion that has been around for a long, long time, almost over 20 years. Uh, we're talking about TNA Wrestling. That's right. Tonight, uh, myself, uh, Adam Glexy, the Bearded Wonder, will be your guest host tonight as uh, Mr. Lane is uh, preoccupied with other things. Um, but I will do my best to try to fill in for him as best as I can. Um, and helping me with the show tonight, uh, let me introduce our panel uh, for tonight. Uh, first, I will start off with our very special guest. Uh, he is uh, a Twitch streamer. Uh, he is a wrestling connoisseur. Uh, he is one of our newest members. Please help me welcome Mr. Hargrave. Hey, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I do want to oh, mention. We are thrilled to have you. Go ahead, Connor. I, I do want to mention. In parts unknown, Mr. Hartgrave, uh, and Dan Helson said in his video, if you do not follow him on his socials, you're cursed. Uh, if you guys follow that, uh, you know, Dan Helson threatened to curse you if you don't subscribe to Mr. Hartgrave. So <laughs> I suggest you subscribe because you don't want to be cursed. That's the biggest issue. You, you never want the curse of Dan Housen. That Everybody loves that Dan Housen. If he curses you, uh, it's going to stick by you for a while. So I don't think you'll want that at all. So, yes, go subscribe to Mr. Hargrave, all our social platforms. So we're thrilled to have him tonight. So thank you for joining us tonight. All right. Awesome. I don't know what's going on, but uh, every so often, really loud music plays in my ear. <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe you have Spotify on. Who knows? Uh, and. Also joining us tonight, of course, is the heart and soul of all elite uh, podcasts. Uh, he is our producer. He's the man who's always there for us to help us behind the scenes, on the screen. Big fan of the three clowns, Dink, Doink, and Dick. Uh, please welcome our favorite producer, Mr. Connor Hayes. So, Yes, uh, great to be on. Uh, what an introduction there. Uh, I always remember the Doinks, uh, Doink, Dink, and Dick. Uh you guys remember from the golden era of the uh, WWF? But yeah, uh, I'm really excited for this one. I got my Impact. Uh, don't have my TNA hoodie yet. Uh, yeah, it should be good. Absolutely. And again, thank you guys uh, for joining us tonight. Uh, where, wherever you're streaming, whether it's on Twitch, whether it's on YouTube, uh, we thank you guys for joining us tonight. Uh, this is a very serious, uh, fun subject we're going to talk about because Again, guys, just announced by Scott Demore, it's the return of TNA Wrestling. Yes, the pride and joy that was NWA back in the early 2000s has now blossomed back from going from impact back to full TNA Wrestling. Now, one of the main things we talk about on this show is the history of a promotion and pretty much a driving force uh, of, uh, of, of a professional wrestling promotion. And one of those driving forces behind the launch of TNA was our favorite uh, cowboy, your favorite cowboy, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Um, I, I'll start off with you, Mr. Hartgrave, since you are our special guest. Um, with, with, with Jeff Jarrett, uh, how do you feel he was the jumpstart of this promotion? Yeah, I do know that Jeff Jarrett was intrinsically linked with uh, TNA Wrestling. I don't know a whole lot about TNA Wrestling. This isn't the uh, my, my strongest subject. Uh, but even I know that Jeff Jarrett was, uh, was heavily linked with TNA in the beginning. And it's kind of weird that they're bringing it back and now he's over at AEW. Is that, uh, is that a source of uh, controversy at this point? 
Are they going to build a bridge? (laughs) I mean, if that's how it works out, that's how I feel it works out. For me, though, um, I think it was a smart move that Jeff Jarrett was it. Do I see him like was did I see him as too much of the face of TNA as the NWA champion? Maybe. But at the same time, he launched he launched (laughs) a lot of other wrestlers careers in the spotlight with TNA. Uh, Connor, what what big impact do you think Jeff Jarrett had by by creating this company at TNA? At a time, WCW went out of business. Two thousand one, when uh, they um, were getting started, uh, TNA was a good uh, in WWE TNA what they were probably when they first started. Uh, it helped a lot of people get jobs. You know, a lot of people lost their jobs. Uh, some went to WWE. For a little bit, and I released a bunch of them. Uh, I know uh, Norman Smiley, Jeff Jarrett, of course, uh, Scott Hall. There was a bunch of them that went to TNA in the early years. Uh, I know the Road Dog was actually going to be in WCW. Not many, people, not many people know this, but he was going to be in WCW. But the night that they went out of business, he was there trying to get a job. Uh, but he went to TNA. Uh, there was a lot of people that it helped. Uh, Ron Killings, our truth. He was uh, he got pretty a big push in TNA. Uh, yeah, if it wasn't for him, may, someone like AJ Styles or Samoa Joe may I won't say Samoa Joe because Ring of Honor, but AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels and a lot of those guys probably wouldn't have gotten known if it wasn't for TNA. Right, and I honestly believe that um, after all the years that Jeff Jarrett had in WWE back then, WWF. Uh, both him and then obviously he had the roadie, you know, uh, uh, road dog, Jesse James. Uh, I, I feel like this was a smart move to create something new, something apart from WWE. I mean, I remember clicking over to when TNA first debuted on TV and I'm like, what is this? I said, wait a minute, that's Jeff Jarrett. I know who that guy is. And it kind of just blew my mind. And then I saw it was a six sided ring. I was like, wait a minute. That's not normal to me in professional wrestling. Um, but I, obviously, we all we all talk about it, the creation of it, and um, the big, big blow-up of it was 2003 when they hired Dixie Carter. Uh, she was appointed president of TNA's Entertainment in 2003. Um, do you guys think, um, because it's a rarity in pro wrestling that you see, I mean, you see it now in WOW, Women of Wrestling, you know, you got female execs now, and in WWE, you, you got female... But when that launched, I mean, could you think of any uh, – what went through your guys' mind when you guys realized, holy cow, there's a woman president of a pro wrestling company? Like, what what went through your guys' mind? Yeah, I mean, for me, when I when I saw it, when I, when I noticed that, I, I didn't really – it didn't shock me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm very forward-thinking. Uh, but when that uh, was revealed or, or when I figured that out or saw that – like I said, I wasn't the biggest uh, fan of TNA. I wasn't really tuned into it. Um, it didn't seem to have the same spark that you have with like AW now. Like Jeff Jarrett is one thing. Chris Jericho is another thing, right? Like the amount of heat that Chris Jericho had, I think, was is vastly uh, hotter than what Jeff Jarrett had uh, bringing his star power to TNA. Uh, so it just didn't seem as exciting. I thought the the female president thing was actually one of the more exciting aspects of it, though. I said, okay, here's something kind of of new. 
Um, I'm not shocked by it, but I'm, I'm, I like that idea. Let's see where that goes. I hear it didn't go very many good places, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hear it had some issues. I, I don't hear a I lot feel, of plays for Dixie Carter. I feel like Connor's got some some of his uh, his feelings right now on how the Dixie Carter reign went in yeah. TNA. People I think she should, stay, she should have stayed her lane in 2003 and stayed right there and never got booking or anything like that. She's yeah. the reason AJ Styles was basically forced out. She, she said that he was not worth the money. Oh, said, don't she do said that. She said in her own no. words that AJ Styles was not worth the money and not as good, in the, not as, good as people think that. Oh, that aged so poorly. Yeah, it blew up in her face. Oh, God, uh, that's horrible. AJ Styles, New Japan, you know, Ring of Honor, at WWE. <laughs> yeah, then, uh, he's, he's garbage, really. <laughs> I mean, well, with, 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 with age, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But, but go ahead, Connor. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I think if they would have kept AJ Styles, they may would have they may would have gotten their feet back because he was – Basically, when you think of TNA, AJ Styles, a lot of people come to mind. Kurt Angle, Smoke Joe. Uh, but she made a lot of – she was the reason that they lost for Spike TV deal. Uh, wow. There was a lot of wrestlers that talked about it. And basically, like, they had a deal. They It was time for renewal. Uh, Spike TV offered them a deal. And Dixie Carter said, no, we want this, this, and that. And then they're like, no, we're not going to up. I guess for more money or whatever it was. Uh, and then Dixie turns around and then basically like, oh, then, oh, like, we'll take it. We'll take it. Then Spike's like, no, we're good. Like, if you, if you, if you get what I mean, they had their, they had what they was throwing out. She wanted to add to it. And then when they said they didn't want it, she tried to go back on it. They weren't That's interested. In it. It's, it's, it's almost crazy because you, you talk about finances for a company. Like, a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of their like their weekly pay-per-view shows were broadcasted from Fairground Sports Arena in Nashville. That that's where they did it. They were at the Tennessee State Fairground uh, Sports Arena in Nashville. That's where they did all their weekly pay-per-views. And yeah. I, I have a hit or miss with Dixie Carter because yeah, she kind of at the end there drove a nail into where they could have gone instead of where they're at now because they have built back up. And that's entirely owned to Scott the Moore. What what he's doing with that product is, is phenomenal because he's been there, you know, so he understands the product. Dixie Carter, I kind of see where she was going with, hey, we're doing this at a fairground sports, but we could go bigger places. We can go more money. And then you end up a lot of your weekly shows ending up at Universal Studios, <laughs> you know. So all your shows are at that studio in Universal. So it's like you really didn't go far. You just went more south, but you didn't really make money out of that. Um, going back to what I introduced from about uh, where it was, where actually Connor, you had mentioned to be in the show, it kind of stemmed off WCW, but it also I mentioned because about Jeff Jarrett, it stemmed from NWA. NWA kind of had a hand in because their title was primarily focused on the early days of TNA. Um, and, and do you guys think, and, and either one of you can start off, do you guys think sticking to that idea of keeping the NWA title for, uh, front and foremost for a new promotion, do you guys think that was useful to TNA or do you think it kind of like, it didn't really help them much? Personally for me, I go back and watch a lot of the old stuff. 
it was called NWA TNA. Like what, like, what is your company called? Is it called NWA or TNA? <laughs> You're calling it total nonstop action, but you got NWA belts. So what is this product called? Like, what do we call it? NWA TNA? Uh, I think they should have went with TNA belts from the get-go. I get the NWA is prestigious. Like, yeah. When they first started, they had uh, a lot of NWA legends as the, uh, what would you call it? The uh, board of directors. The, I don't know what that is a certain name, what that uh and they were trying to go off of that but like uh bull armstrong uh ricky steambo uh dusty Rhodes, i believe was there for a little bit uh personally if i was doing it, i would just call it tna uh because it's kind of confusing like that that's something that they've always had a problem with uh well they went to tna but when dixie happened that kind of a whole circuit happened uh yeah i would have went with TNA. I wouldn't went with the NWA, TNA, whatever they were going with. Uh, but I understand why they did it, I guess, but I would have TNA. Yeah, it is odd. As a total idiot, like I was a kid at the time watching this go down, um, it was absolutely confusing. I had no idea what that was or what that meant. Uh, you know, I wasn't like a seasoned wrestling viewer i just i was just like i don't get this and as soon as you get like confused like that and you feel excluded from the product you're kind of done i'm like i'll just go back to the safety of wcw and 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 wwe and and they'll take care of me and i know what's going on there and i don't have to learn a bunch of new stuff which is the same criticism that like aw gets uh when they when they do these things but i feel like tna was vastly more confusing than anything like i feel like it's almost uh, weak, weak uh, criticism of AEW to be like, oh, this is confusing. I don't understand this. It's like, God, guys, now we have Google. Like back in the day, you couldn't just Google up what's the NWA and get caught up in like five seconds. Like literally, I was, I was confused until this moment. And now I kind of know what that means and what that's all about. But not until I got access to the internet and, and became a like wrestling uh, YouTuber and, and Twitch streamer, do I actually understand what these words and letters mean? So, yeah, I think it was a really poor idea <laughs> to, to, to muddle their brand with another old-timey brand that nobody really knew what was. Kids don't know what's going on. That's, that's a lot of people that you're going to have to appeal to. Well, we, we have talked about it on this show about, about all these promotions, especially you know Vince McMahon and some of these other promotions moving away from, from the old-timey stuff of the NWA and like uh, – uh, of like mid south wrestling and Jim Crockett, they're trying to move away from you know those those divisional and sm small division wrestling promotions. You know, and, and, I mean uh, ECW did it when Shane Douglas won the championship, won the NWA tournament, but he threw down the NWA title and said, "I'm the Eastern Championship champion." You know, but then you have and then you have Vince McMahon. He's like, "I'm stealing all these wrestlers from NWA, but they're in WWF, WWE now. I don't have any affiliation with the NWA." But then you have a promotion come along like TNA, yet they're trying to stick to the guns. And I think what it stems from is because a lot of people don't remember that Jeff Jarrett's father, uh, Jerry Jarrett, uh, was very loyal to the NWA for a long time in his career. So I feel like that kind of stuck with them um, until later on where they actually dropped NWA from their name and just went by total nonstop uh, action wrestling, which for me... I, I honestly thought it was the right route because if you want to get away from all these old time promotions, you got to do something different. Again, it started with the name and then that six sided ring, 
um, and, and everything like that. But you still had that old guard still rearing its crazy head. Um, <laughs> and speaking of that NWA title, one of the one of the big moments in that in that championship reign in TNA, it happened in TNA was Ken Shamrock won it. Um, I mean, you had all these guys on the roster. You're like, we could we could do something here. You know, we can honor a young guy with an NWA. He could say, I have that lineage. But they went with Ken Shamrock. Um, and, and he beat, who was it? Wallace. What, what was Wallace's first name? I keep forgetting Wallace's first Wallace. name. Was it Wallace. just Wallace? I don't know. It was, it, was a big, <laughs> it was a huge match. And I think Wait, it was the last yeah. match. I, I can't remember. Was it Wallace? I don't know. It was very early on in TNA. The wall. Yeah. Yeah. No, but he, but Ken Shamrock won it. Do you guys think, like, was it uh, for that moment? Did that stick out to you guys? Or do you guys remember other people in that organization who won the NWA title that stuck out to you? I think it was a, I could be wrong, but the first ever episode of NWA Tina was about a royal that crowned the new champion, I believe. And Ken Shamrock won it. Uh, uh, I like Ken Shamrock. I've always liked him from his UFC and you know, his uh, WWE stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I like Ken Shamrock, but I liked who beat him for it, and it elevated him a little bit more. Uh, if you guys know who beat, might you guys know who beat uh, Ken Shamrock for the title? I'm not was sure. It, was it was it Ron Killings? Me. Ron Killings yeah. didn't win it, did it? From it was Ron, right? Yeah. Or, well, technically not our truth. Ron Killings won it. Uh, it was Ron Killings, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that, was when, that was when he was not really known. And they really, he was kind of a young guy back then. He was cutting really raw promos, uh, like against WWE. I, I think he was in WWE in the, in the 90s. He had a tryout or something because a lot of his promos were bashing WWE a lot. Uh, that's one good thing that benefited, like, that one young guy that got it, I guess. Well, during that time period. <laughs> it's it's interesting to, to kind of, all I know is AEW guys. So to bring it to AEW, <laughs> to bring it into my realm so I could speak on this NWA business, what I find interesting about this is it actually did rear its head at the start of AEW because Cody won the belt at the inaugural All-In um, against uh, Nick, Nick Aldis, right? So this belt, is still kind of hanging around. What, what's going on with the NWA belt today? Uh, actually, believe it or not, EC3 has it. Okay, all right. Ethan so Carter the Third has has the belt right now. Yeah. Now, are they going to bring back the belt for this new TNA and and befuddle the brand again, or are they just done at this point? <laughs> at this point, I you know what? At this point, I think TNA is just going to go back to its roots without NWA because they've got. A really it's good roster. I, I honestly think they have a really good roster of, of wrestlers. I will even say the female roster of TNA right now on Impact is a little more superior than WWE's and maybe just a step above AEW's. Their women roster is loaded. Um, I have nothing against either roster from WWE or AEW. Just looking at Impact and TNA's roster, they've got a lot of good wrestlers and a lot of vets still there. I mean, you got the Motor Machine Gun still there. I mean, yeah. e even um, Scott Demore had a match back, and that guy is <laughs> overweight and out of out of this time to to be in a match anymore. But you know, he can't. You know, and then you had Eric Young come back. You know, you got Bully Ray stepping in the ring all the time. It is insane. 
But for me, I see where you're going with it, um, uh, Mr. Hargrove. It's, it, it is. It is. It's like, oh, God, do not, like, do not bring it back. Just, just stay TNA. Do not have NWA creep in. Yeah, I, I think it was a real misstep. It, I think, you know, I was more inclined to check it out when that wasn't a part of it. It made more sense to me. It was more, you know, I, more accessible. That's a, it's a lot of history that not a lot of people are familiar with. I uh, listened to a Scott DeMore interview he did with uh, just basically uh, Impact Insiders, and he confirmed a few things that uh, they're going back to the TNA roots. They're, they're bringing back all the TNA titles. Uh, they have a new, we're going to bigger arenas. He mentioned some something about tunnels. Uh, I don't know. Uh, if you guys watch TNA, you know what I'm talking about. Tunnels. Bring, 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 just go ahead and grab those dynamite tunnels. They're not using them anymore. <laughs> he, uh, he did mention that the six side ring would not be coming back. Uh, oh no! Now, now some people and most people yeah. hated it, but it, it was interesting. Man, the wrestlers hated it because it's a lot right, yeah. of wrestling. It's weird, but they because yeah, uh, they have that in AAA though. I, I've watched AAA stuff and they yeah. have the six side ring, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, AJ Styles said that it, it made him different than anyone else at that time. Yeah, like, it's interesting. No one else was doing it, but it's a pain wrestling. Yeah, uh, yeah. everything was different. It, it, yeah, you're used to running against the ropes one way, and, and now there's a turnbuckle there. It's, it's yeah. A little, a little tricky. Well, also, also, I think we were talking about that because it was six-sided, they had to make the, the ropes tighter. So it was more harder okay. when they ran against the ropes. Okay. Um, I think, Connor, you brought that up, didn't you, at one point? Yeah, uh, a lot of them uh, said that it was it was a pain. Like years off your career wrestling the side of ring, like yeah. it was pretty. A lot of the AJ Styles spots I could see hurting because uh, he did Ultimate X stuff. I couldn't imagine the Ultimate X stuff wrestling in a six sided ring. Like all the stuff they would do, all the crazy stunts and crazy moves. The Elix Skipper one, if anyone knows that is. He basically uh, walked on, like in the steel cage. He, like, you know, what I'm talking about Adam when Elix Skipper uh, was walking on the cage, and then he did that. Was it like a senton or? Uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was uh, something like that. Yeah. Dude, like the dude was like walking on the cage, like about to fall off the freaking thing and land in the crowd, and then ends up. Uh, ah, oh. I'm not good at wrestling moves. I know the <laughs> obvious ones, but just that specific one. But yeah, the, it's something fabulous off the top. That's that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the six side ring by a lot of wrestlers said that they uh, it was tough to wrestle in. It made them different, but it was pain. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's something that's going to take years off a wrestler's career. Then you know, I, I have to side with the wrestlers and don't bring that back. But I will say, just from a viewership angle, like seeing that on TV, that makes you pause and you go, "What is happening here?" Yeah, it like it made them different. It made TNA yeah. different. It made them unique. Their own. No one else was doing it besides yeah. AAA, which uh, they're still doing it today, as you mentioned. Uh, <clears throat> but I like to see them bring them back one time a year for Bound for Glory. Just one okay. time a year, you bring back the six-sided ring. Yeah, that could be a fun pay-per-view gimmick. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we got a few comments. I can. Uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna give you this time to to 
yeah, to, to go to the comments here. Okay. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Jason Miller says, Hartgrave, a lot of exclamations. Uh, Davis. Davis says, what's up? Davis, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, Jason, <laughs> Dixie was crazy. She still is crazy. Nothing's changed. Uh, <laughs> she's still a crazy woman. Uh, I think she still wishes she had a wrestling promotion. Uh, Devin also mentioned, yeah, the NWA TNA was weird. It was because I didn't know what was what, if it was NWA ran or it was a new promotion. Um, so yeah, no, That's I totally cool. agree. And then, yeah, our truth, Ron Killings, uh, back when he went by Ron Killings, uh, which I think is more of an intimidating name than freaking our truth. I don't know why, but I was like, I like Ron Killings, it sounds more intimidating. Um, speaking of using brands. Uh, 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 for a while there, TNA, I know I'm jumping ahead. I'm going to be jumping around everywhere. Sorry. That's how I host. Sorry, everybody. But, uh, one of the things is they like to pay homage. Uh, we saw it with WWE when they bought WCW, ECW, they still brought those wrestlers in and did like an invasion angle. TNA was known for doing that uh, a couple of times. They brought in some WCW and ECW legends. Um, and then, you know, they homegrown their own new stars, you know. Um, for you guys, uh, out of those new stars that rose through TNA ranks, or even some of the legends that came through TNA from WCW and ECW, they were already there. Uh, do you guys remember anyone that stood out or, you know, any stars? You know, even if they were brand new stars or, you know, legends in WCW, ECW. Do, do you guys see it? Remember anyone that stuck out? Oh, wow. That a lot of people. Uh, one I recently, I didn't know he was in TNA, but Hacksaw Jim Duggan, he was in TNA for a little while. Uh, the early years, I think. Uh, one for me, a legend, I guess, was uh, Kamala. He did a little thing. He there for a cup of coffee, but I thought that was pretty cool. They had Kamala. Uh, I think Macho Man Randy Savage was probably the main one that was in TNA. Was it that was the like last two, place he was in? Pretty much in wrestling. and I guess he did signings and stuff like that, but like actually doing something in the wrestling business, that was... Yeah, I'm curious. That's what I think I remember. I thought that's the last thing he did because he wore... It was different look. He had the like a cowboy hat. He had the, uh, I think he was getting inducted to some kind of Hall of Fame because they had all of them together. Because Roddy Roddy Piper was there, uh, Coco Beware. Yeah, I believe Randy Savage's final match was an Impact. I didn't even know he wrestled. Yeah. I thought he disappeared. Wow. Yeah. Because I, oh, I did not know that. Yep, two thousand four. No, the Nasty Boys, and uh, Road Warriors appeared in TNA. Uh, we were not. Everybody knows uh, Generation Me. They were, uh, yeah. They got their start there in TNA. <laughs> Everybody remembers them. Maybe by a different name now. Generation <laughs> Me. Aren't they called like the, the Bucks or something? Something like that. Yeah, some some cattle or steer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, but yeah, everybody loved Generation Me. They were a big hit. So they often get mentioned. One of my favorites was uh, Morrissey Machine Guns, and that was. Uh, yeah, they brought a lot of people in. That some people don't even know they brought in Paul Bear was there as Percy Pringle. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Percy Pringle, I believe that's his real name actually. Uh, Mr. Perfect was there. There's a lot of people that you have no idea that was there, and they were there. 
Yeah, they were they were given a lot of guys work that uh, weren't being showcased in other places. So I always think that's cool. Uh, I think the main ones that come to my mind, if, just as a total like idiot about it, are like you know AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. At this point, those guys, um, if, if you're going to talk about what a great promotion this was, you're going to put them on the highlight reel and you're going to talk about those two guys. I think uh, because they've transcended. You know, you got Samoa Joe over there in AEW now doing pretty high profile work. And AJ Styles doing, uh, I don't know. It seems like he's not on. He's not on a lot of WWE pay per views. But for a minute there, he was on all of them. Um, I, I don't know what's going on now. If he's taking a little break or or whatnot, but uh, but definitely uh, AJ Styles run in various promotions was pretty legendary. But uh, it's it, bringing it back uh, to what you were saying about uh, getting rid of AJ Styles. He was really intent on staying there too. Um, I actually yeah. just, I'm talking about the young bucks and generation me, I just read their autobiography and in there they were mentioning wh when he broke it to them that he was leaving, he didn't want to go. He had offers, he had, he had avenues and, and people who wanted him and he wanted to stay. So it's, it's mind blowing that they like pushed him out. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Well, and it's funny because, because, because with AJ, he kind of took the Cody way out. Like Cody, when he left WWE mm -hmm. that first time, it's, he did a lot of independence. Cody. He did a lot of independent stuff. He yeah. did, you know, he did the, the UK. He's done, you know, he did the NWA. He did all the independent stuff and other promotions before AEW, before he launched it with them. And then he goes back to WWE. It, it's almost like, it, it's like AJ Styles. AJ Styles leaves TNA. He does a couple of independent and in, uh, smaller promotion shows. Then you see him at the Royal Rumble in 2016 at WWE. You're like, holy cow. I would never thought in a million years you would see AJ Styles, someone so loyal to TNA since its early days, go to that promotion because he loved TNA. He was TNA wrestling. You know, you mentioned him. We talk about the pillars of AEW. For me, the pillars of NWA, and I, it's weird, but the people that made at TNA what it was, was AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Jeff Jarrett, and you got to add him, Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels, yep. the fallen angel, was one of the pillars of old, old, older TNA days. Like, I remember watching Christopher Daniel and AJ Styles matches. I loved those matches. Those were some of my favorite matches in TNA because they were both high flyers. They were very, had so great movesets in the, in the ring with that six-sided ring. Uh, so, yeah, no, it is amazing to think. That someone like AJ Styles, who's loyal to a brand, would leave um, to go, well, just not leave, but just let him go. You know, the promotion just letting him go. Um, I will never understand that. Um, and with that, it just, it just, it's crazy because I'm going to veer off for a topic the X Division. Do you guys think that was a riff? Um, of the uh, the lightweights or the cruiserweight divisions and other promotions that TNA just wanted to have a different uh, like kind of do their division like that, or do you think it was a cool idea? As they said, uh, there's no limits in TNA, uh, which the uh, X division was kind of a basically a cruiserweight X division because uh, if you look at the wrestlers who won it, Amazing Red, DJ Styles. Uh, Daniel, Smojo, uh, Saban, uh, a lot of them were cruiserweight guys. Uh, there was a few bigger guys that won them, that won it. Uh, 
now that I say that, I can't think of one, one bigger guy that won it. I want to try to defend the bigger guys, but yeah, it did feel like a cruise. Like even in the matches, like Destination Destination X and Ultimate X were for cruiserweight guys because uh, Ultimate X was you'd have to climb up the. Uh, how would I explain it? Uh, was it on a pole? Was this during Vince yeah. Russo? Uh, it was like scaffolding. It was like scaffolding oh, stuff. Uh, oh, actually, Don Callis created that. Believe it or not, he created oh, the right. the extra the ultimate X. Yeah, like you would have to get on the pole and then climb uh, like the bars or whatever to get the X or the title or whatever it was up there. Uh, then there was some like, crazy moves like that was that was better than a ladder match for, for me sometimes, just because of some of the crazy moves they would do. Like you, you would think someone would break their neck the way they're doing all these moves. That was probably. I was gonna let. I was gonna let you go, Mr. Hargrave, if you got something to input as well. Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> the X division, just the X division. I haven't watched any of this. I need to go back. I mean, and <laughs> you know that kind of goes back to what we were saying about you know the the stars being AJ Styles and and Samoa Joe. If I go back. That's what I'm checking out. Those are the matches that I want to see. And whatever this X Division business is. I know there's been a lot of talk over it. It seems to be kind of legendary. Uh, people talk about it about quite it. often. Yeah. It, it's it's something <laughs> that, that people bring up. When you bring up TNA, you talk about the X Division. So uh, that's definitely yeah. part of it. I think you already brought it up. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, the X Division. So that's, that's the whole X Division, huh? Samoa Joe. That's pretty, that was pretty much it, yeah. There it is. When you think of the X Division, the two wrestlers that come to mind are AJ's. Well, you said you were checking out matches. If I had to give you one match, AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe versus Christopher Daniels. No sudden. That's that was a match. That was that a match. Put, yep. That put all that put all three of them on the map. Lots. Uh, so yeah, no, uh, but the, you had the Ultimate X match. Uh, we we could talk about it because. Uh, Let's be honest, there's gimmicks everywhere. There's going to be a gimmick match. There's going to be a gimmick character. In TNA, they had tons of gimmick matches. Uh, <laughs> you know, they had the Monsters Ball match. They had uh, all, they had Ultimate X. They had King of the Mountain. They had, uh, oh, God, Feast or Fired, one of my favorite uh, matches they ever created. Okay, um, oh, they, they still keep guys, that going. I still, I still, oh, yeah. So, oh, they do. So do you guys think those styles of matches kind of elevated TNA? Or do you do you think that kind of hurt them where they had gimmicky matches and people are like, we've seen this so many times, we don't need to see this match again? I think it was a hit or miss with, with which one it was. Because the Ultimate X kind of, everyone looked forward to it. Uh, that was a match that everyone was into. Now, some stuff like the uh, Barbed Wire Christmas Tree match. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a thing. Uh, for the better, know, I'm watching that. <laughs> for the good or for the good or bad, it was uh, a, a, like a Christmas tree wrapped around barbed wire. Uh, that was right. that was it. Let's uh, go. The monsters' balls was always abyss was always in those. It seemed like that he was always in the monsters' ball because he was the monster abyss. Uh, now the feast of fire was always interesting because you didn't know who's going to get fired. Uh, Hold on, like, my turn. My chat's telling me there was a backwards battle royale where you lost by going in the ring. Yeah, that was. That's true. Yeah, that was. What yeah, was it called? That was a match. 
Yeah. <laughs> what was it called? The reverse battle I can't, royal? Reverse battle royal or something. It was, it was like the worst thing. idea I've ever seen. Like they, go they brought it back. That, that's insane. That might have been an Eric Bischoff idea. I don't know. It sounds like it. Or Vince Russo, because he was in TNA for a little bit. <laughs> oh, no. Right, and that's what I was going to bring up next. Vince Russo was hired on by Dixie yeah. Carter as a writer <laughs> as soon as he as soon as soon he got let go from, uh, you know, <laughs> WWE, EC, uh, WCW, whatever. Uh, yeah. He was hired on in 2002. So, like, mm-hmm. some of the match gimmick stuff, like, he was there. I want to say he was there. Stuff like that, yeah. And, oh, yeah, no, he was... I, I hear this didn't make the network happy either. I believe the network was he like, was, "Whatever you do, don't hire Vince Russo." Yeah, <laughs> no, he was there for twelve. He was there for twelve years. <laughs> he was there from two thousand two to two thousand fourteen. Dang, like I know for and like funny thing is that they signed Jim Cornette eventually. I think it was around, uh, and Vince Russo was working. Jim Jim Cornette didn't know that, <laughs> and then Jim Jim Cornette tried to give his notice to Jeff Jarrett. Said, "Like I, I'm done. I'm." I'm not working with that SOV. Uh, he didn't get fired. He had to work with him. Uh, that was the whole adventure. Make a whole other podcast about that. The battles of Jim Cornette versus Vince Russo. Now, do you guys think bringing Vince Russo in, do you, do you think that helped or hurt TNA as much as it did bringing Dixie Carter on as president? Well, I think Vince Russo single-handedly chased the Bucks out of there. And I think we've seen that that might have been a really bad idea. They, I think they're a pretty good tag team. Like, maybe. Yeah. I don't <laughs> but yeah, Generation Me was his idea. He really pushed it on them. I, I think people still cheered them as the Young Bucks when they came to the ring. So nobody yeah. was buying it. Like, people going to TNA. I do think that people, like, the TNA fan, I want to give them credit. They are diehards. They know what's going on. The TNA fan was never confused by the N- NWA business, I don't think. It's the casual people, the casual onlookers that are confused by this stuff. But the TNA fans, uh, they're still there. Uh, they're the most diehard, non-complaining uh, people that I've ever seen on the Internet. Uh, usually just very happy to watch uh, Impact and TNA and, and don't really have much bad to say about anything else. So good good for them. I think TNA I'm just pandering to this audience right now. Yeah. <laughs> I do think, uh, I mean... They had a boom period in TNA, and Vince Russo was a part of it because he was there for that many years. So, uh, did a lot of things different no one had seen before, like the six sided ring, the, like no one ever seen that before. Tunnels as an entrance, no one did that before, like it was very new. Uh, and when I was growing up, uh, that's that's what I was brought into first TNA. Uh, okay. I remember WD, but I was brought to TNA watching wrestling, like AJ Styles. Like, I actually got a picture, uh, was when he first won the TNA championship. Like they finally got rid of the NWA stuff and they had the TNA World Championship. And I met him in the ring. I was like seven, eight years old, uh, in front of maybe seventy-five people there. No, 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 no. This was before TNA. I, I met him twice. One time in a little town called Bolivar, Tennessee. Fifty people there. No one knew him. And to see twenty sixteen him at the Battle Rumble was just really crazy. Uh, Got some even TNA too. I got in the ring, uh, six side ring. Got a picture with him. <laughs> he seems like a nice guy. I I would love to hang out with AJ Styles. He seems like a down to earth kind of guy, like just laid back. Because he's from Georgia, I believe. Correct. 
he's, he's from Georgia. So like he's, he's one of those Southern because I live in Tennessee and everyone here is like laid back, nice, all that stuff. So I feel like it's the same in Georgia. Like everybody's laid back, nice, very Southern hospitality kind of stuff. Um, but going back to Vince Russo, uh, according to him, he's the one who came up with the idea of just calling it TNA and doing it on the play of words of T and a, the sexual innuendo of stuff. That's um, that how was I, always it, yeah. I mean, that's how everybody thought he did, you know, cause he yeah. wanted to make it edgy. Cause we think Ventruso, we think edgy cause bro, bro, you got to make it edgy, bro. The crowd will go wild. If we put this on screen, bro, like, it's like, it's like Vince, listen, you gave us some good ideas during the attitude era, but you kind of lost your touch a little bit after the bash at the beach incident in 2000 with WCW. So, <laughs> but going back to what you were saying, Connor, like they had an on-screen story of Vince Russo and Jeff Jarrett feuding factions. And his yeah. faction was called Sports Entertainment Extreme or Sex is what <laughs> Vince Russo's group was. And believe it or not, yeah. here were the members. It was Glenn Gil, uh, Gilber, uh, Gil, Gilberti, Sonny Slacky, BG James, Raven, yeah. Trinity and more. There was more people in that, but those were some of the names that stuck out to me. Wait, who was I the was first like, one Wait you said? The what? Who was the first one you said? Uh, Gil Glenn Gilbert. Uh, he went by Disco Inferno. You remember him as Disco oh, Inferno? There we go. But, yeah. but he went, but he was, but he changed his name to Glenn Gilberti in TNA, and then. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like and then Sonny Siaki actually was a uh X Division champ at one time in TNA. Um yep. but a couple of the other names, Raven, BG James, you know, uh Raven. the Road Dog and Trinity. Like I'm like, "Wait, what? Trinity. How did this group?" But shift into that. That's my next question. Um because as you guys can tell from my background, I've already picked out my favorite faction ever in TNA. Is there a faction or group that stuck out to you guys? <laughs> Uh, in TNA. I mean, I guess I don't know very many, but I will say this. I was like yesterday days old when I realized that um, Big Bully Ray was uh, uh, was a Dudley boy. <laughs> that, that actually fooled me. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, after a while, I just got through watching like a whole bunch of ECW. I spent a couple months just going back and, and watching all that stuff that I missed. Because uh, I was busy watching like WCW and whatnot at the time, and uh, I I love me some Dudley Boys, so it's got to be uh, it's got to be that. They were so they had so much heat in the ECW yeah. days, man. I <laughs> I loved growing up on ECW days. Like I grew up on those. I grew up during the Monday Night Wars yeah. and the rise of ECW. Those that's yeah. the era I grew up with wrestling. And I, you could ask Connor. I talked about ECW because it is one of my favorite oh. underrated promotions that oh, ever existed. Amazing. And, and it's great how much heat the Dudley boys got in ECW. Uh, Connor, what about you? Are there any factions in TNA that kind of stuck out to you that you kind of like, kind of didn't like? I just say one, the main event mafia. It's hard not to go with them. It's really, I mean, aces and eights were good, but uh, I don't know. I, I kind of like the main event mafia. The name, the theme, the sting was in it, believe it or not. He, uh, like a cool, cool little heel sting. Uh, uh, I don't know about Kevin Nash. He was all right in there for a minute. Uh, yeah, I'd have to say uh, Made of It Mafia. 
I mean, I could think of, I mean, Team Canada, there was the the Team Canada that was there. Yeah, they were good. I liked watching them a lot because they got they got the heat, like, not as much as the Dudley Boys in ECW, but they got heat with the American <laughs> crowd. I mean, they were as bad as the not, the not, like, the un-Americans in WWF, like, WWE's later, like, end of the attitude where it had, like, Christian and all those guys. Like they were burning American flags on TV and Kane had to come and fight them. But yeah, the team Canada, I always liked watching them Uh, main event mafia, obviously. Um, But yeah, no uh, factions were, I feel like factions kind of faded out after a while. Um, You're starting to see them a little bit more. I mean, we see bullet club all the time Oh yeah, uh, both in AEW and in new Japan. Um, But TNA, like, they were big for like on year end stories of these. I mean, you saw the aces and eights, like they kept building over a year of members, like for a year and it never stopped. You don't really see that much anymore in other promotions. Do you? AEW for a long. Oh, we lost Mr. Parker. Yeah. That was interesting. That was, that was just, you guys didn't subscribe. So, He'll be back. What about you? Uh, yeah, he'll be back. Connor, I know he got caught. But what about you, man? Like, do you see, like, a long-term story building for, like, factions in any promotion other than New Japan's Bullet Club? Hmm. That's the only one I could think of that in recent memory. I mean, yeah, that, that, that really is – the Bullet Club is the only one, really. Because right now I can't even think that, like – like like that 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 other than Bullet Club in New Japan, no other promotions like for a year we're just gonna keep adding members to this group. Sometimes it's just really quick, like within months. But go, uh, Mr. Hargrave, you got cut yeah. out. Uh, go on, go on. I don't know what happened. You, I, I'm bad. Was mad. I don't. I know. went to I parts unknown. It, it, the reception here in parts unknown is spotty. Um, no, uh, and, and you even see a bit of a carry over here was dominated by factions. Literally, there were like two wrestlers who weren't involved in some kind of faction or group between the Pinnacle and uh, Big Money Matt, uh, the Dark Order. Uh, it just it goes on and on. There's there's a ton. There were a ton of factions. AW was absolutely faction dominated, and it was it was interesting because we hadn't seen anything like that since like yeah TNA. So it was weird to see that kind of faction dominated stuff coming back now things are kind of more broken up you have a lot more solo stars i mean they just broke up the jericho appreciation society thank god but i think that was at the pinnacles when we created the jericho appreciation society and that got so overblown along with like three or four other factions it was like there's a lot of factions do you you think it's there's too many factions in pro wrestling today do you think you rather see more solo and tag team than factions i think AEW has a nice mix right now uh, I don't really know what's going on in WWE, but a- for for me, AEW has a good amount of factions. Right? Really, you just need two big factions so you can have your blood and guts cage match every year, right? That's all you really need. Two big yeah. factions that can fight each other for dominance or whatever. It's kind of outside of the title picture. Because the title yeah. picture, if you involve that into a faction, eh, things get weird, which can be fun. You got, you know, leaders of factions and guys underneath them trying to undercut them. And that, that can be interesting. Uh, but I think if you have two big factions, that that's enough drama for a lot of mid-card guys.
to do what they need to do and and get heat and whatnot. Uh, I think it, 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 when it takes over the whole promotion, it becomes a bit much. There was definitely a point in AEW it was like, who isn't with someone else? <laughs> Are any of these guys like Wardlow was the only guy on his own? Well, that NWO. was the thing. Like you bring that you bring that up. Like it was uh, uh, like the elite. The elite had like twenty, me like fifteen yeah. members at one point. And all you elite. hear is the elite. You're like, can we just have four guys in there? We don't need ten people in there. Like Adam Cole debuts now. He's in the elite. Yes, elite. You know, you have all yeah. these guys. It's like, dude, listen. Can we get some solo and like tag? Like that's I'm fine with that. Like I thought the worst faction for added members was the NWO. Like the whole show was. Yeah, yeah. The whole freaking company was the NWO. Yeah, the the WCW thing went where NWO, NWO, Wolfpack, NWO, something else, LFO. I don't know. It was good. It was getting wild. <laughs> uh, got a few more uh, comments. Oh wow. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Dixie was a real life Richie Rich. <laughs> <laughs> but did she have a roller coaster? Is the question. Uh, I don't. I don't want to know. Uh, <laughs> Did you guys DNA. watch the um, wrestler uh, documentary on Netflix? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. it it's that, interesting. Yeah, the OVW. That, that, it's really. I, I only live like two hours from it because it's in awesome. Kentucky. It's in Louisville. It's only two hours for me. That's awesome. I, it was just it. It was when I was watching that, I was thinking like, is this what was going on with Dixie? With because this guy would just had he was the money. And he started yeah, getting yeah. involved in the bookings, and there just created so much tension. Like you could just watch it; like these guys just hated him. This is but I like the end because him, him, and Al Snow actually got along at that end. There, they actually made up. up and actually worked it out. Like unlike, I think I don't think Dixie Carter <laughs> wanted to work out with Jeff and all them, and it's just like I'm no, this is me. Like I'm putting the money in. It's like come on, never, never bridge that gap. Got, yeah, uh, Jesse, Jesse Clark. DNA did have a video game. And AEW Fight Forever ripped off their introduction. I think AEW did a little bit better, though. Yeah. yeah. I, I well, the like technology's it. better today for it. It's true. It's true. But yeah, they actually, no, but they ripped off the words. Uh, they, they yeah, every, what about words? Verbatim, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Tina Game was pretty, it was years ago when I played it. It was, this was years ago. I can't remember much. But it was a pretty decent game. Uh, I think A. W's game is a little bit. TNA wrestling game could be the worst game of all time. I don't know. Wrestling game wise, I don't know. Uh, so for debate. Uh, but yeah. WWE, uh, WWF's Here Comes the Pain. That is one of the worst video games I've ever played in my life. I, I'm sorry. The, it was just a <laughs> terrible game. I, I just did not like it. Uh, now, uh, I feel like AEW is the. Well, I guess if, if you can consider uh, Fire Pro Wrestling, isn't that like a New Japan Pro Wrestling game? I guess like yeah, a big, a long time, yeah. I guess like a big promotion. AEW is like since since TNA, AEW is the only promotion outside of WWE to have a game. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds about right. Um, I kind of want to go back and check out the TNA game. Was it any good? Do people have fond memories of it? <laughs> I don't, I don't remember playing it. I, I had a PS2, and I don't even remember playing that game. No one knows it. I just know I, it hit the news because uh, somebody discovered that, yeah, somebody went and cut and paste the intro words, uh, for, which I felt like like a temp thing. Like, we'll change this later. I don't feel like – I don't think it was supposed to go out that way. Maybe somebody got attached to it, like, oh, the intro's perfect. Don't touch it. And I was like, uh, should I tell them? Nah. <laughs> no one will notice. 
I feel like the I, TNA game, Here Comes the Pain, WWF's Here Comes the Pain should both be buried deep with the ET game. That's that's just my my thought process. That that's just how I feel about it. I thought the TNA uh, game was pretty decent. Uh like, like the TNA, like that's a six side ring. Uh it was kind of like that has similarities with the AEW game a little bit. Like the entrances okay. were about the same length. Uh but AEW, you can have more weapons, I feel like, than TNA. Uh, the hardest game is the Ultimate X. You can actually play the Ultimate X match in that in the TNA oh, game. Cool. It's kind of interesting. It wasn't like an Aki engine game, was it? I couldn't tell you what kind of engine it was. Now I got uh, to look it up. I hear it was an okay game. My chat says it was an okay game. <laughs> Which Again, is high I, praise right there. That tells you how good it was. It was okay. I gotta get a system again. I haven't had a system in years, and I need one. So it's I, I've I've been doing adult things like pay bills and work. I don't know, and then watch think, wrestling whenever I can. <laughs> I think you've been doing a little bit of other stuff. Um, yeah, the, it, was, probably. it was made on uh, Unreal Engine three. Uh, so no, I, I don't believe it's. Uh, and they, and they actually had DLC yeah. dollar. Like you. You could add new wrestlers for a dollar, like DLC. Okay. Interesting. But it wasn't even good. I think Dixie Carter was actually a playable character. I could be wrong. <laughs> oh no! I could be wrong. I could be that totally wrong. Inappropriate, potentially. I could be wrong, but I believe she was a playable character. Put her in a Monsters Ball match. That'd be great. Uh, so we, so moving on, we we talk about uh, you know uh, the stars and who we remember that stood out. But then there was a period where they brought in bigger stars from other promotions that nobody expected to come over. Uh, and the likes of, like we mentioned, you know, Kevin Nash, Kurt Angle, uh, Sting, Christian Cage, Booker T, even Mick Foley. Um, and what stemmed from that was a what I feel was a good feud between Christian Cage and Angle. Um, and, and just Kurt Angle and, you know, Samoa Joe. I mean, that was another good feud that they had. Uh, going for them in TNA. Um, do you guys think bringing those guys in, having those those kind of feuds, do you think that was a big shift uh, from the early days in the TNA to what we got pre-Hogan uh, Bischoff? Yeah, here, here clear, clear up the timeline for me. So I was watching ECW up until Kurt Angle left. He went to, he went to TNA. So at, at the one point, Kurt Angle was in WWF. Yes. Um, and then in 2000, well, yeah, so their ECW, he was there 2005, 2006. Yeah. He wasn't happy with it, no. uh, with the, the, the direction they were going creatively. So yeah. he had a different avenue and he went over to TNA. His big first feud in TNA was I'm Samoa happy. Joe. Um, and it's that huge. was their big, their first big feud. It was a huge feud. Yeah. Um, and then you had other guys follow him like Christian Cage. Christian Cage wasn't happy where, uh, where the direction was going for WWE. So he left and jumped to yeah, TNA. Yeah. Um, and then him and Angle kind of feuded a little bit. They had a feud. Um, and then obviously we bring it up. Sting came over and Booker T. And then you get the whole creation of Main Event Mafia and all this stuff and these and, and this. And for that, do you guys feel in that time period, that's where they were at their peak? Um, or do you guys think that was just like, hey, we need big stars. This is going to get us views. I yeah, think I, they, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I think that was their boom period. Uh, once they brought in Hogan, that ship sailed. Uh, not 
not just because he was there, but he mm. he was in charge of booking a little bit. Him and Eric Bischoff, they brought in both of them, which you already know what happened before, like their history, I and mean, they they put a whole company out. Uh, I wouldn't have done that. Um, and T- and Hulk Hogan even admitted that he never watched the product before going to TNA. Like he never watched it. Uh, they did away with the six sided rings. They did away. They kind of went try to go back to the old school ways of TNA. Like they tried to make it an old school thing. But I think their boom period was when they had uh, Kurt Angle, Christian Cage around the 2006 to 2009, maybe was when they had because Christian Cage left and went back to WWE uh, eventually. But uh, one of my favorite feuds was Christian Cage and Abyss. Uh, Abyss actually attacked him at his home. Uh, like they were filming a documentary, <laughs> like he was touring his house and stuff, and Abyss actually jumped him and beat him up in his own house. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I think that was their boom period when like Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe, uh, stuff like that. I think that was their boom period. Uh, I mean, Hogan was probably their actually business wise boom period, but product wise, that was 2006, 2009. That was their boom period. It sounds like they had a chance there to deliver something that the, the WWE wasn't. Because uh, at that time, and I, I went back and I watched this period, and man, it was shocking. Uh, this is when they were doing the ECW. Uh, when WWE bought ECW and put it on TV. And they had their first pay-per-view. And they had Paul Heyman on board. And they brought in CM Punk. And CM Punk was going to win that four-way eliminator match at the first ECW WWE pay-per-view. And then they let Bobby Lashley take it. And they missed an opportunity there to make CM Punk the face of, you know, ECW. This guy was getting a ton of heat at the time. It was definitely a move they could have made. It's a direction they could have gone in. And they decided to kind of stick with the same old thing. You know, big muscle sports guy. He's going to be the champion of ECW. Like, I don't know what that's all about. And uh, Paul Heyman, it breaks him. He leaves. And, and that's kind of over and they're just doing what WWE does. Now, a lot of guys are upset and they go over to, you know, TNA, there's your chance. And, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know how it went. I don't think, well, Hulkamania ran wild. (laughs) I mean, they're still going. So how bad did it go? I mean, they still exist and now they're back, you know? So that's, that's where we're talking about it today is that they still did they ever shutter? Did they ever close down entirely, or they have they always been running? They never really did. From Pre-planned. from what my remembrance is, is between that two thousand five two thousand nine period where you had all those guys come through. Um, I'm with Connor. I think that's where the peak was uh, before it kind of died down with the Hogan Bischoff Carter trio of ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, is where you saw a lot of boom. I mean, they, they finally launched a YouTube channel because YouTube became huge in the early 2000s. Like 2006, they launched a YouTube channel. Um, you know, they started doing um, shows outside of their um, studio of Orlando. They were doing other pay-per-views other places. Um, and then, you know, they landed a new deal uh, with, a, with a, a new motion, Inc., uh, which led to the mobile services where you can follow TNA stuff on your phone. Um, you know, they had, you know, podcasts that air through YouTube. Then they signed an exclusive thing with uh, TriStar Pro- uh, uh, Productions um, to produce and distribute TNA uh, cards and memorabilia. So, I mean, during that time, they were blowing up. 
You know, they, they had a lot of stuff going for them between that 2005, 2009, um, which brings us to our next topic, the Hogan, Bischoff, Dixie Carter trio of ownership, uh, or was we like to call it WCW 2.0. I mean, I mean, that's basically what it is. Um, And did when you guys first heard that Hogan was going to TNA with Bischoff, uh, were you guys shocked or were you guys like, Oh, here, here we go again. Like, what was your guys thoughts on that process of them coming over to TNA? So at the time, I was like 10 years old when this happened. I was all excited. I didn't know anything. Like, I was a kid enjoying <laughs> wrestling. I was pumped for it. Like, because, you know, I didn't really, because I, I didn't really follow like the internet stuff. I was a kid. I didn't really. But now looking back at it, it wasn't the best. Uh, they actually had Ric Flair and him wrestle together. Yeah. Ric Flair was supposed to be retired at WrestleMania 24. Uh, which he didn't retire, really. Uh, I uh, I would have preferred them keep on going the route they did. 2006, 2009, keep on grinding. And uh, who knows where they could have ended up. They could have been AEW right now. Uh, we'll never know. Uh, I didn't enjoy it. Looking back on it, when I got older, looking back on it, I didn't. But... Uh, no, Hulk Hogan's got his ups and downs. <laughs> yeah, I think at the time when I saw it happen, it it struck me of uh, you know desperation, like you know what is this? Why are they bringing these guys out? And now looking back at it, I think that Hulk Hogan has a long history of you know taking the shine onto himself when it should be put on to the younger talent, uh, which yeah. is what you worry about when you bring in um, you know these these older wrestlers that you know. Maybe they're not going to work as much in the ring. Maybe they're going to be there to, uh, you know, collect their paychecks and a lot of TV time and parlay that into whatever they can up their presentation fees or whatever they're trying to do. Um, and that's what you got to worry about. And I think you've seen it done well in AEW where they bring back the guys, they use them very little, they put over the younger talent and that's kind of the way it should be. And I don't think that's really what happened. No. With Hulk Hogan. They just kind of ran it into the ground, right? To the point where I thought TNA was gone. Like I think, and they rebranded, so they were effectively gone. Um, yeah, they uh, they had to, they had to do a lot of damage control after that. I feel nice little tie-in, uh, damage control. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they there was times when they were gonna go out of business. Yeah, I know we're on a, kind of like a timeline here with our discussions, but like there was literally weeks that their talent was not gonna be getting paid on time. Like they, like they were. They didn't know if they were going to have a show. They didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, so when they say that TNA impact is hard to kill, like they're really hard to kill because they went through Hulk Hogan. They went through Dixie Carter, Eric Bischoff, and they're still around. Uh, even though they're not where they were, they're still going, which is a big motivation. I think they all through the bit, all through the thick and thin, they still made it. Yeah, no, uh, and that was another period where they brought in other guys. You mentioned Ric Flair came through. Um, Rob Van Dam made his debut at Impact during that time. Uh, Mr. Kennedy, a.k.a. Mr. Anderson, showed up. Uh, and then, uh, Connor, your boy Jeff Hardy came back, made his return to TNA after a few years off because of you know, his, his private stuff multiple times. Um, but this was his return. Um, but you guys also got to remember that they also switched over to Mondays. 
They didn't do Tuesdays yeah. anymore. They were doing they were doing Mondays. They were trying to go head to head with WWE product during this time because I, for me, I feel that was like something that Bischoff and Hogan wanted to do to get back at WWE. It's like we own this. Let's go head to head and see who has better ratings. Spoiler alert, WWE still had better ratings than TNA during that time because their product was terrible in TNA because of the ownership. Because, again, like Mr. Hargrave said, uh, like Hogan comes over and he just collects a paycheck, doesn't want to put over talent. He wants to be on screen. We know this from the Bash at the Beach incident uh, in 2000 when he wanted to win the title, but Vince Russo, our bro, wanted Booker T to win it because he wanted someone new as the champion. But Hogan and Bischoff overthrew Russo and said, no, Hogan's going to win the title. Then he'll drop it to Booker T later. But it, it's like that point. It's at that time. It was bad. The God awful Shawn Michaels match. Like you guys have seen this thing. We're Shawn Michaels. The 05 in SummerSlam. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I believe that uh, the Baxter partners was Shawn Michaels didn't like how the match was going to end. So he just, he just no. oversold things and made it look terrible. Like he, he, did, like he did it on purpose. Oh whole, yeah. And, and, but and I don't blame him. Yeah, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Because he, he was absolutely right. There's no way that Hulk Hogan should have been uh, winning that match. Uh, the audience was absolutely behind Sean. They were ready to, to it, the torch should have been passed. Uh, but I don't know. It's a hell of a match. <laughs> now, now, some interesting moments that happened during that trio of ownership with Hogan, Bischoff, and, and Carter. Um, in 2011, that's when they officially changed their name to Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Uh, they also signed a, uh, a deal with OVW, what we were just talking about, Mr. Hargrave, on wrestlers. Ohio Valley Wrestling was going to be their yeah. developmental ter- territory. Uh, so OVW wrestlers would be training there. And then if TNA needed them, that's where they would go uh, was TNA. Um, they debuted a uh, India-based uh, subsidiary promotion called King Rock King, uh, which was their, uh, uh, another for the Indian audience. They wanted to expand a little bit. Uh, and then uh, they continued it. A lot of the live scheduled through 2012. Uh, they started beginning taping impact from different venues in 2013, uh, mostly from Universal Studios with the lease. Uh, they introduced a new Universal HD stage, which they did away with the tunnels. Um, and uh, they, in November of 2013, that's when they ended their relationship with OVW. Um, so there's a lot that was going on in that time. Um, and also at that time, uh, TNA formed a relationship with Wrestle One, which was a big Japanese promotion. Um, and actually, they had AJ Styles uh, defend that TNA World Championship at the show in Japan. Uh, so there were some decent things coming out of that. But as far as the product goes, I can't remember any decent stories that came out of it with that. With that. I believe Shinsuke Nakamura can TNA a few times. I don't know if it was part of that deal. I don't, I don't think it was, but... Okada was in TNA a little bit before he was actually big, before he is now. But the OVW thing could have been big, I think, if they because WWE came out really big in that. You know, they they created the literally a whole new generation of stars of OVW. Uh, I thought they should have kept that. Uh, you know, you're looking for the next AJ star, the next big name, you know. It didn't, it didn't really, I don't feel like it lasted long, did it? The OVW 
developmental system. It didn't. No, it was only a two-year deal um, with OVW wrestlers going to TNA. Um, and I think that just now it's like, I, I'm pretty sure Mr. Hargrave and I can both say this is OVW is his own thing now. Uh, they really yeah. aren't loyal to any promotion. Um, although one of the episodes at the end of the show, they, they showed, uh, what's her name? Um, God, I keep forgetting her name. Uh, Layla Gray, uh, yes. telling Al Snow that she got signed to AEW. <laughs> yeah, so that was on an episode. So I was like, oh, finally they show that. Because I want to know when that happens in the show when Layla goes, "Hey, Al, I'm going to AEW," you know. So, um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, I don't feel anything good came out at, at product wise. Did not come out from that uh, Bischoff Hogan Carter trio of ownership. Um, my, my chat is saying the only good story out of the Hogan era of TNA was Aces and Eights. That was pretty yeah. much it, and yeah. it was the factions. That was the only good thing that comes out of it because you never knew who was going to join next. Um, I think that was my only favorite thing about that era was was that Aces and Eight story. That was it. But they basically, like you said, Mr. Hargrave, everybody was in a faction. Like, if you're not in Aces and Eights, you're just Team TNA and you have to fight Aces and Eights. That, that's basically what their story was. Two teams. Um, and, uh, yeah. But uh, we jump ahead um, to finally Dixie Carter leaving. Um, so Dixie Carter resigns um, <laughs> as, 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 in 2017. So uh, we had the debacle of her, you know, not re-signing AJ Styles, him leaving. Uh, but one of the things that we also brought into that was Billy Corgan of Smashing yeah. Pumpkins uh, joined TNA and was trying to get his hands in on, on professional wrestling. Uh, he was their president in 2016. Um, and Dixie stepped down to give him full ownership of it. Uh, did you guys see any shift in that uh, when Billy took over from Dixie? Now, remember, it was called now called Impact. Um, and it had Impact. And uh, I'm trying to remember the other wrestling company that they had as, as titles because they had Global the Force what? Wrestling. Global, Global Force Wrestling. Wrestling. Thank you. It was Jeff Jarrett's promotion, I think. It was his. Yeah. He- Talk about the stupid decision making. Uh, I think Jeff Jarrett and Billy Corgan had a lawsuit, or did like didn't they? It was a big <laughs> lawsuit with Jeff Jarrett and Billy Corgan. Perhaps. I think I think there was. I think there was like it, like it was multi millions in this because like that because they. That's uh, what it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was in October. Um, uh, looks like October of. 2016 maybe it says Corgan sued TNA due to unpaid debt, which Corgan claimed <laughs> TNA has defaulted on. Well, yeah, I can see that with my mistakes probably. But yeah, so it did know. say that it did say Corgan lost his injunction that kept TNA from selling the company, but TNA was required to pay Corgan by that November. Yeah, I believe they uh they changed everything to Global Force Wrestling, and like that's when I just completely I'm done because like we all went through this NWAT and I thought we were past that. Then we're going back 20 years later. We're Global Force Wrestling, we're GFW, which right, and that happened. Yeah, and that happened. Uh, like you said, in 2017 with Jeff Jarrett, and, and now and now Billy Corrigan is running the NWA. Look yes. where that's going. To further confuse me. 
It's yeah. it's crazy because you got all these people that like you even see it in the real world where all these celebrities and other athletes want to invest in sports teams, but yeah. then you get like musicians like I want to own a wrestling company. Um, it's kind of like what we saw in wrestlers, uh, Mr. Hargrave is that yeah, guy yeah. who does Kentucky sports radio, him and yeah. the former, uh, presidential candidate, uh, Greenberg wanted to get yeah. in on the wrestling business. It's like, you guys don't know anything about professional wrestling. Like it's interesting. You want to fund this, but you don't know the product. Like, yeah, I, I, so, it does seem that history has shown that Billy Corrigan does love this stuff. He's not casual about it. Yeah. Right. But, at the time, well, like Tony, I thought it was like I thought like it was Tony a stunt. Khan. I I thought that they literally hired Billy Corrigan to pretend to have bought the show, and that's what I thought as a casual fan watching. I thought, oh, they've paid Billy Corrigan to make appearances and pretend to be the TV president, but no, he really <laughs> funded it and continues to fund this. It's very real for him, and that that actually blows my mind that that is real. And it's kind of great. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett should never. I wish we had stuck with what they had, and then what we go from NWA TNA to TNA to Impact Wrestling to GFW, and then then different minute, no one know what to call them. Or like, are they Global Force or the TNA or the Impact? Like, what like what do we call this company? <laughs> right, and the company Anthem is the one that actually. Yeah rebranded as as impact and then merge it with a uh, gfw so you yeah. had all these different names different titles and you're like i'm very confused but also they brought in big names i mean during that time they brought in drew galloway which is drew mcintyre they brought in matt hardy where matt hardy gave us some of his best work his broken matt hardy i will say and then jeff jared was back and he was uh you know willow and uh uh brother nero and then you had uh, uh, crazy Steve, Mike Bennett, Maria Canellis. Like, you had all these guys, even hell, Bobby Lashley came through during that time. Uh, yeah. he was their champion at one point. Uh, so you had all these guys come through, uh, and, and all that stuff, but it still confused the hell. It's like, is it Global Force Wrestling or is it TNA? We don't know. Um, but do you guys think that was the right call of, uh, of, of kind of bringing in more big names to kind of get eyes on the product. Whatever decisions led to broken Matt were the right decisions. Yeah. That's just all there is to it. That's, that's, that's because I, I actually literally, I, I have to confess, I have not watched it, but I know of it. I know everything that happened in AW with the character and I want to, I need to go back and, and check it out, but that's, that's a brilliant piece of wrestling history um, that, yeah. that to be proud of for sure. There for a moment, they gained a lot of people back because yeah. of the broken, like all of that. It, it gained a lot of new. I didn't watch it. I knew it was happening, yeah. I, and I wasn't into wrestling. But I thought about coming back for it. AEW is what got me back. But before that, it was the broken mat thing. Like, what do you, people are like crazy and doing crazy stuff on TV again? Okay, let's go. Like that's I thought, what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting just crazy people doing crazy things on TV and on live television. That's what I live for. So. I'm like there for a minute, I didn't really like it at first, but then I started to get into it a little bit, and then I started to like it more. Like I like, am I really liking this? And then that's the best on. wrestling. You don't like it, and then it grows on you like yeah. like a fungus, and then you then you then you need it. <laughs> the clown deletion match in TNA, uh, 
was really, really good. Like that's some of the best stuff that they did during that time. Like if they did anything right, it was that. Uh, mm-hmm. They had some other good stuff with Drew Galloway and Bobby Lashley. Uh, yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. then you, you we move on to 2018. Finally, two smart men in the industry, Don Callis and Scott Demore, they become executive vice presidents in 2018, taking full charge of Impact Wrestling's day-to-day operation. Uh, they keep the four-sided ring. They bring in Austin Aries, and then they 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 bring in debuts of Kira Hogan, Sue Young, Pentagon Junior, Phoenix, and your boy Connor Brian Cage debuts in Impact. Uh, they finally do something right. Um, and, and from that standpoint, is that where you guys saw we're finally getting back to the roots of what TNA was supposed to be with Scott Demore and Don Callis in charge? I think you know the earliest TNA. They built new stars, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Daniels, Robert Roode. We haven't mentioned him the entire thing, Robbie Roode. Uh, like, they were finally making some new big names. I want to say big, big names like them, but they were making some names. Uh, Lucha Bros, uh, Sammy Callahan, uh, yeah. Brian Cage, uh, Johnny Impact was actually there. We haven't mentioned them. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Impact was uh, there. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, during that uh, time was really. I remember Brian Cage and Bobby Lashley. That was a match. That was really fun to see. Uh, yeah, I thought there they was. They had some like they was getting back to their roots of TNA, of like TNA, like building new stars. And uh, of course, they still had some veterans. Like uh, I think Jeff Jarrett still did a little bit here and there. They had uh, Abyss was still there. Uh, they were building some new stars. Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't know that um, Don Callis actually took like a leadership position at at uh, Impact. That's that's crazy, and it's really cool to hear that all that stuff happened. I'm really interested in that now, whereas I had no idea that that stuff happened, and more interested because, of course, uh, what everybody went on to do later. Uh, with aw so i like to always trace those things back that's a lot of what i've been doing is i'll see guys on aw i'll be like oh there's history here i go watch all that history so is there any way to uh, did impact ever get with uh, a streaming service or a network can you go back and watch all this stuff like how how is this being preserved so they have their uh streaming service called impact plus which is basically their uh everything like everything i've ever done is on there it's like seven ninety nine, which they also have a YouTube Insiders, which is like a dollar and something. Uh, you can watch the weekly show and some other stuff. But if you want to watch the full thing, Impact Plus is where that's their WWE network. That's their thing. And they also own some classic wrestling stuff like from 1984 that they have the okay. right. Yeah, like they got some old, <laughs> old wrestling. on It's not really TNA, but they own the rights to. Interesting. And we, and believe it or not, TNA filmed a lot of stuff that has not been released yet. A lot of stuff they filmed that's never been released. So maybe it'll end up on Impact Plus eventually. Uh, yeah, that, to answer your question, that's where you'd find Impact Plus is where you'd watch all the old stuff. Which on their YouTube channel, they post a lot. So they post a lot of old stuff too. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, during that time, that's where you got all the new stars. I mean, that's where you saw Ethan Page come through, Josh Alexander, Moose, 
Uh, you got a lot of good female wrestlers coming through too. You, you know, uh, Giselle Shaw, you had Mickey James come back. Uh, you have Jordan Grace there. That, that, that division's really strong. Uh, Masha Slamovich, like if you watch some of her stuff, it is amazing because she does a lot of like intergender matches too. And she's freaking good at it, you know? Um, and, uh, but you know, we get to this big announcement. Now we talk about transitioning in the company, the, the good times, the bad times. And then you get the final announcement that Scott, the makes at bound for glory, that impact is gone. We're going back to our roots. We are now going to be called TNA. And our first pay-per-view is going to be in January of 2024, hard to kill under the TNA banner. Um, for me, that's kind of exciting because I think TNA has had its hits, its misses, but it has stuck around for a long, long time. It is over 20 years. Um, it is more than we can say about the golden days of ECW. ECW only lasted about maybe nine, 10 years. They, they never made it over 20 years, you know, but impact is going strong. And then you got someone like AEW who's going strong for almost four or five years, um, for this with you guys with, with this now rebranding of TNA and them going back to the roots and having the roster they have, it, would it convince somebody who's usually a WWE watcher or a W watcher? Do you think that's convincing enough to be people be like, I'm going to have to go check that out. I think uh, they're going to have to make it not just a name change. Like, okay, we're TNA, but they're going to have to, uh, Gonna have to turn some people like, like, hey, this is actually not just a name change. Like they're actually putting on some top notch stuff. They're gonna have to convince people that, hey, like we're not just this is not just a name change. Like this is the real deal. Like we're up in everything. We're up in our production, our arenas, our talent. Uh, I think they're gonna have to make some big moves. Not not huge moves. Okay, do not bring Hulk Hogan back. <laughs> don't want to go that route. But they need to bring. Uh, Maybe like Mustafa, like Dolph Ziggler, he may would be good in TNA or uh, I doubt they get him, but Will Ospreay, he would be pretty good in TNA. Uh, I think they're gonna have. Well, to, he did not- just he did he did just have that match with uh, um, at Bound for Glory uh, with uh, what's his name uh, Matt Bailey. God, Matt. Yes, thank you. Yeah, he had that match and it was a good match. He needs wrestling TNA. But you're talking about signing, right? Well, he, he did say that he wants to wrestle in TNA in 2024. Uh, maybe if he goes to AEW, he could probably do both. Uh, but that's up in there where Osprey goes. But I think they could sign some good indie talent. Like uh, MLW's isn't people like crazy. Uh, Alexander Hammerstone, he's really, really good. Uh, big muscle guy. I think he would be good against Josh Alexander. Which I feel like Josh Alexander is the face of the company now, uh, for me at least. Uh, I think they're gonna to get someone like a WWE watcher or an AEW watcher. They're gonna have to mean with like, all right, it's cool you got the name back and stuff, but what are you gonna do out like with that? Are you gonna run with it or is this just gonna be TNA? Uh, I feel like they're gonna have to make some big moves uh, to get people watching. They normally don't watch. Yeah. I, I know what did it for me is when they did their partnership with AEW, I was watching uh, Impact stuff. I was watching the pay-per-views because they had Kenny Omega showing up there. They had Jay White showing up there. 
And that's what got me to, to flip over and I, I would check out what was going on. So if they strike that back up, I think that'd be really, really smart. Um, and yeah, you're probably going to have Will Ospreay like sign with AEW, but that's a great point. If he has a working relationship with Impact and they're open yeah. to letting him kind of, you know, jump back and forth a little bit, attend the pay-per-views, that's fantastic. Um, I wish that WWE was a little more open with its talent. It would be cool to see, you know, AJ Styles uh, walk through the doors again uh, for yeah. a big review for, for, to help the company out. I don't know if they'll lend their talent that way. They don't seem to want to do that kind of stuff, but, uh, now, but that would did. really help them out. Get the cross for their 20th anniversary. They did let AJ Styles kind of appear on the show. Kind of. Uh, <laughs> he was actually supposed to be there at the show. That's I don't know cool. what happened to that, but he did a little video thing. Uh, but I think before his career is over, he needs at least one match in TNA. That, that's where he started at. That would really bring it back. I mean, yeah, if you really want to get a lot of eyes on the product and you really want to call it uh, TNA, you get Samoa Joe and AJ Styles back for a, for a match. You, you really put it no. together. You do no, the dream is. match that no one thinks can happen. Now, there is one person I think they can get. Uh, Sting, one more appearance before he okay. retires because yeah, I actually think his TNA stuff was a little bit better than his WCW stuff. He did a lot of good stuff in TNA. Uh, my favorite match was him and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, but I think they could make that happen, like Sting appear in TNA. Uh, since this is his like final month wrestling, uh, may make an appearance or who knows, maybe him and Darby wrestle on TNA one one match. All right, as we're winding down here on our topic of TNA, uh, one of my favorite things about anything that uh, that has to do with sports or anything for me is bold predictions by people. So <laughs> as we're winding down, now that we've got the original TNA name and we're about to go to a new year because it is November, we're almost at the end of 2023, uh, TNA announced that they're going to do their first pay-per-view under the TNA banner in 2024. So next year... Uh, the next following year for TNA, what is one bold prediction you're going to make for TNA wrestling uh, with its big brand and name comeback next year? Uh, Mr. Hargrave, you first. Yeah, I'll just say it. I'll just be crazy. I'll just double down on it. AJ Styles is going to walk through the door. That's it. So it's going to bring it back. They're going to make it happen. They're going to move the mountains. I mean, I think AJ is going to make it happen. He's going to put it's, it. He's going to do it for his legacy. Let's go. Bring it back in a big way. And, and bring back the six-sided <laughs> ring, too. <laughs> Connor, how about you, buddy? Ooh. I think at this uh, time next year, I would hope that they would have gotten the better TV deal, get off the access TV, and they would have gotten uh, at least some bigger – they're making bigger names, like they're making new stars. Uh, Alexander Hammerstone is a prime example of that, making new stars. I think they can make him a bigger star than MLW did. Uh, I would hope to uh, see a lot of growth with TNA, with uh, them actually having live TV events. Maybe not every week, but eventually going that format a little bit. Uh Going to bigger arenas, selling more tickets. Uh, that's that's what I hope to see this time next year. Uh, yeah, I I hope to see a lot of growth. 
Uh, so for mine, I'm going to take from Mr. Hartgrave because I also enjoyed it. Um, I would love to see them back in connection with AEW. I yeah, love yeah. seeing TNA stars cross over with AEW, and I love seeing AEW stars over in TNA. I think in a rest, perfect wrestling world, that is a beautiful idea, is promotions working with each other instead of against each other and making toxic fans. Uh, I talk about it on this show too many times of how – the wrestling community is very toxic how they can just not like the state of wrestling right now whether it's wwe aew impact mlw new japan triple a just enjoy the sport and and, and the, the time of being alive right now in professional wrestling you know you look at a company like tna it has thrived with as little as it has with as much as it has with the ins, the outs, the goods, the bads, the leadership that's there, the leadership that's not there, the management that screwed it up, the management that's helping it. it. As a community, we have to just be like, cool, you like that, I prefer this. You know, that's cool, we're not going to see eye to eye. But I hope to see that with AEW and TNA. You know, and I'd like to see what you said, Connor. I'd like to see TNA with a bigger TV deal. I'd like to see them with a better con a contract with a streaming service or something like that just to get it going, you know, um, just to re reinvent themselves, uh, just to see them thrive for another 20 years, you know. Um, but with that being said, um, we thank you guys uh, for joining us here on Talking Lead about TNA. Uh yeah, we uh, we thank all you guys watching, commenting. We thank you, Ethan, Devin, Mike, um, all you guys yep. watching. Uh, who else? Ethan. Yeah, Brother Run was with them too. Spike, Spike Dudley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cutler. Yep. Brandon Cutler will be on this Saturday. Connor, you got those details. Yep. Uh, this Saturday, 12 p.m. Central Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, he will be on here. Uh, you guys are free to come on. I mean, we're not charging anybody. Uh Unless you want us to, uh, we can charge you all to watch. But it's free, so everyone watch. Uh, uh, he will be on here. I plan to ask him. Uh, I think Mr. Hartgrave will probably will too. Uh, a lot of AW Fight Forever questions. So if you're – he may no comment. He may uh, give us a little in insight. But if you don't watch, you won't know. Uh, so definitely uh, he may give us a big update. Who knows? Maybe we get season three. I don't know. Uh, but you'll see it here on Saturday. He will be on here. We'll talk about his backstage stuff, coming to AEW, fight forever. Uh, so yeah, definitely he will be. He will be on here this Saturday. Uh, everything's still planned. Everything's still good to go. Uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely join us for that. Uh, do you like AEW Fight Forever, Hargrave? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have a whole YouTube channel uh, devoted to AEW Fight Forever, so I, I think I like it. Uh, I mean, I, I like AEW, and and therefore uh, I I cover video games on YouTube, and uh, that was my bridge to talking about AEW. Um, I think it's a good video game. I don't expect more out of it than what it is. I think it's uh you know I, I'm curious to hear from you guys because I think my thoughts on AEW Fight Forever are summed up in an entire YouTube page. But uh, what do you guys think of it? What did you guys get? What you wanted when you bought AEW Fight Forever, or or were you let down by what you received? Now, Adam hasn't played video games in a few years. I haven't played in forever. <laughs> I haven't played for. I gotta get a system so I can get back into it. But adulthood has really kicked me in the butt. So he's gonna, he's gonna stay up all night playing Fortnite. 
No, that game I will not play. <laughs> that is for ten-year-olds and 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 grown men in Germany. That's that's the game I'm not going to play. That's no. I do play Fight Forever uh, on a daily basis. Uh, I don't think we have, we've gotten everything out of it. There is a season two coming. I know there's some de- details about season three with the steel cage match, which uh, you can go find that on Hartgrave's channel. Talked about that. Uh, I'm satisfied with their first game. I don't think it was uh, as bad as people want to make it out to be. The gameplay is fine. You know, the gameplay is playable. It's uh, it's better to play with friends online. I feel like uh, yeah. than by yourself. But uh, I think it's a pretty decent game. I don't think it's bad. I think. Uh, they ever do another game, it'll do it probably even better. Uh, but I think uh, they're going on the right track with season two coming out and some new stuff. I think we'll get new updates until they do another game with, with Fight Forever. It might not be when people want it to happen, like delays. And then AW Fight Forever has a, diff- has a weird way of announcing things and when it comes out. But uh, yeah, I like the game. Uh, I play it every day. So. That's a bold claim. I don't know if many people who actually even like, you know, claim to uh, who complain about it actually are interacting with it. I think they've you know spent a couple of hours with it and then they go rant and rave on the Internet about it. I think a lot of it is like what we're talking about with TNA as well is like it's an unfair comparison. If you compare something that doesn't have the budget of like a WWE or even an AEW against those kind of products. It's going to be really an unfair comparison. It's like the same thing with AEW Fight Forever. It gets a lot of comparisons to WWE UK, which has a massive budget, a huge development team. It's been running for like, you know, 10, 20 years. It's like a totally different thing. We have like baby's first steps, you know, like up against like a world-class athlete. Like, okay, guys, yeah, it's not as good as that. Or it's fallen a little short of that mark. Uh, it's, It's doing well. I think you've got the right idea. It's a good couch co-op game. If you can play this with friends in a house, like on a TV, on a couch, it's one, It's like the best game ever. But very few people are having that experience in this day and age. And maybe that was a misstep on their behalf to kind of put all of their eggs in that kind of couch co-op basket. And maybe not enough in the uh, in the online market. But hopefully they'll catch up in time and, and people will take it a little easier in AEW, AEW Fight Forever. No, we'll well, from it. my viewpoint, when 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 I seen gameplay of it on on YouTube, I'm actually impressed with it. I love yeah. it because like, I grew up I grew up playing wrestling games. You know, in the early 2000s, you know, I was playing the WWE games. You know, the SmackDown versus Raw. The you know, here comes the pain. Bring uh, you know, bring the pain. Whatever. I was playing those games, and you know, seeing the graphics and just watching people gameplay uh, of the new AEW game, I'm like. Dude, this looks like a really cool game. This is why I gotta get a system. Let me pay my bills first, then I'll get a system. But <laughs> watching it, you're right. It's like when you see the graphics in a W uh, a 2K game for WWE compared to what you're seeing with Fight Forever, you're like, yeah, you could tell the budgets are different. But with AEW's Fight Forever, that that feels like a homegrown kind of game. That that seems like a game for people that love the wrestling promotion. That yes. love wrestling games, they're yes. like, dude, it's 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 it, it's got great graphics. It doesn't have the budget. Where I feel like WWE 2K games now are more like a marketing kind of let's stick to the same script, just make it bigger kind right. of thing. You know what else they can we add to this game? Yeah. They know what they're doing. You know, so but seeing gameplay of a, I'm like, this is a game. 
this is a game I remember I would play when I was when I'm 13. Yeah, it's it's very video gamey, which I like because I like video games. I don't, I'm not, I, you know, I've always played wrestling video games, but I, I'm a wrestling fan, and I think that fans of AEW, and that's what, maybe what Connor's saying. He's like, I play it every day. You know, I like AEW, so yeah. I like playing with the AEW video game. I'm not yeah. really looking for this you know, amazing, you know, wrestling video game experience. Uh, maybe, maybe I don't have this image in my head of what it should be. I think that's helped that the people that are enjoying it the most are coming to it just as AW fans and just kind of enjoying, because this is the only game where I can play as Kenny Omega, right? Yeah. Like this is the one <laughs> yeah. I can't the be truth. MJF. I, I keep telling this point. I'm like, I can't be MJF in the WWE 2K game. So it literally has nothing to offer me. I don't care. I can't be Darby Allen over here. It's not going to work. Dan Housen isn't in WWE 2K. Therefore, it's an inferior game. I'm sorry. I don't care what they do. Now, I will say, uh, I mean, I, I enjoy playing the game, but I do uh, like new stuff to come. And, and we are getting yes. new stuff to come. It may not be when we want it, but... Uh, we are getting it. Uh, I know there's a lot of delays and stuff, but we are going to get it because all you got to do is go on Mr. Hargraves and you'll see what we're getting. Uh, yeah, it's on the channel. And, and just patience. Patience. I know there's a lot of people gloating right now. Like, and you guys said this game was dead. And like, literally, it's not that much content. So it is kind of yeah. dead. Like, I'm on Twitch right now and I'm looking at the streaming statistics. And literally, there was one person watching AW Fight Forever content on Twitch. So, yeah, it's a little dead out here. And is the stuff coming in season two enough? I don't know. It's probably not going to flood people back to it. Honestly, I thought when they released the Stadium Stampede game mode, the Fortnite-like game mode, that was going to cause an explosion of people to come to it. But they didn't put a battle pass on it. They didn't lure people to the game. And I think what they're really going to have to do at this point is, is uh, go with that, get the game on a game pass so it's free. And I think this will help out AW because I think we were talking about this with TNA as well. Um, you got to draw in kids at a certain point. This is what the WWE is doing really, really well that the other guys kind of ignore is the fact that kids get into this stuff and they drive a lot of this stuff. Like if you can make your product cool to teenage girls, you're set. That's like everything. Like that's drives the industry. And I, I feel like WWE gets it. Um, AW misses the mark so often, like they have stuff that kids think is cool. And I think this video game could really help. If you get this video game into more kids hands, they're going to be like, what is a Darby Allen? What is a Dan Housen? You know, what is this stuff? Who are these people? Cause that's what I was like when I was a kid and I got my hands on a WCW video game, but I wasn't watching the show. I was like, I want to know what this is. What's a Raven. You know, what is all this stuff? And I'd watch the show and find out. So I think that is a smart move for them would be to get this game discounted. Uh, they're not like making money of, off this. Get I it like out. a lot of Fortnite kids that play Fortnite would play yeah. Stadium Stampede because it's basically the same. It's a little different, but yeah. it's it's the same style. I think a lot of if they knew about it. Uh, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Uh it, it comes down to the, the mechanics are there. The storefront part isn't there. What kids like about Fortnite is unlocking stuff constantly. And there's nothing to unlock in Stadium Stampede. It blew my mind that they didn't attach a battle pass to it. But I think I mean, they need I, the, uh, the store. They need to add, like, each season yeah. to add a whole bunch of new stuff. Like, really, yes. each, really each patch, not yeah. seasons. Like, each patch need to hold, like, the store, 
add a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, it blows my mind that it's all free when they, I mean, it's great that they put a patch out and now I can put like, you know, um, shadow skins on everybody. Why aren't you just making me use my currency to buy those on all the wrestlers? And then I would be playing the game. Cause I have, I have $9 million on there. <laughs> you really I'm, are I'm, playing every day, Connor. Nine million, uh, which I like. I do. Uh, I play. Uh, I'm in like a league for PlayStation. We, oh, that's like, awesome. We it's basically like a our own universe mode, which we book yeah. matches. We do. Uh, yep. Every, every Wednesday after Dynamite, we play, and we have matches scheduled, and we have uh, like promos, and we have uh, com- people are doing commentary, which is funny. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. And then like, we're, we're allowed to have two wrestlers, and then we play every Wednesday. <laughs> uh, I feel like we're probably the only ones. I don't know. We probably give PlayStation a huge shift doing it the way we do. Uh, I'm curious to see the 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 uh, what is the word uh, the console uh, statistics because uh, yeah, because we can only see this the the PC ones. We can only see who's playing on Steam, and I'll tell you right now, it's nobody. But I've been told from the very beginning that more people play on consoles than on than on Steam. Uh, so I'd be I'd be curious to know that. So I've requested those numbers a lot. They won't give them to me. <laughs> don't like me enough. I can't um, I can't remember the last game I played on Steam. It might have been Left 4 Dead. That might have been the last game I played on Steam. Uh, Devin, yeah, that Tina game is pretty decent. Uh, Alex Morse, I believe the Great is still in OVW. Yeah, I, I think uh, she still is. Uh, but I know she's been over in AEW a lot, but maybe she does still have a home in OVW. I want to see more Hollywood Haley in AEW. I do yeah. too. I, I do really too. <laughs> I was shocked it wasn't more of a big deal. Like they weren't capitalizing. Like everybody knows her from the Netflix show and they just like yeah. throw her on a random match and they don't even talk about it. I'm like, wait, this is kind of a big deal, guys. Although there's crazy waking up this morning and reading that Maria May from Stardom was signed to AEW. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I was like, when did she sign? I was like, I did not see this coming. Um, <laughs> well, they dropped like, that kind of too. She literally just like walks out, right? Just like, oh, no, yeah. She's like, I'm signed now. Because <laughs> uh, I was I was reading it this morning when I woke up and then I, and then I see the video of it. I'm like, how did they get her? I don't understand this. Like. I mean, it's not a bad sign. I mean, she yeah. was hanging tough in the stardom uh, well, I think roster. The, which, WWE, yeah. WWE grabbed Julia. That was the big one, right? That was the big Well, I don't think the, the rumor is Julia is getting spotted by WWE because I feel like Triple yeah. H is trying to get a lot of those uh, female, uh, what do you call them? Jo- Yoshis? Joshis? Joshi yeah. wrestlers, yeah. The, jo- the, jo- the Joshis wrestlers, like that's what they want to get. To kind of expand because you saw they they brought uh, uh Kari Sane came back yeah. and stuff like that. So I don't know, but but this sign by AEW is not a bad add-on to to the the women's roster. It's a good add-on um because she is very talented in the ring. Um but again uh thank you guys for joining me tonight uh in talking TNA. Uh uh we uh we love trying to talk about a di- every different promotions. Yeah, we're AEW guys and and fans, but but we like to talk pro wrestling. It doesn't matter what promotion it be. It be it could be New Japan, WWE, TNA. It could be anything. We just like talking about. It. We like talking about video games. We're all nerds here. It's okay. We can say that word. We are nerds. Um, 
first and foremost, thank you, Mr. Hartgrave, for coming on tonight. Um, again, everybody, you can find him on social media, YouTube, uh, Mr. Hartgrave um, from Parts Unknown, and on his Twitch. Um, so make sure you guys go check him out, follow him. Uh, thank you, Connor, for always being here. Uh, great producer. Thank you, guys, uh, for coming on. Any 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 final words for our viewers before we leave? Uh, I've got Mike Smora subscribed to Hartgrave. Uh, got your one tonight. Uh, Great show tonight, guys. Uh, thank you, Davis. Uh, yeah, we look forward to doing a lot more stuff with Hargrave. I believe you're coming on for the interview with Brandon Cutler, right? I think that's what you said. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be fantastic. I, I got a few questions for Brandon. Yeah. Uh, awesome. If we go, like, this is a dream come true for me. I was telling Hargrave before we went, went live, like, I get a message from him, and I watch this dude every day. Like, five, like that. you're hell I get my Fight Forever news. Like, <laughs> Ziddy doesn't give it to me. This quit doesn't give it to me. So you're the one who gives it to me. So, and then one day I get a message from, like, no, that's not real. This is some magic account. <laughs> this is spoof. And then I didn't know we were actually friends on Facebook. I didn't know we were. Yeah. And then I did the dream come true for me. Like, <laughs> this is wild. Uh, it's all right. I just subscribed to Mr. Hartgrave as well. So there you go. <laughs> this is bizarre to me. Like, this is like me meeting CM Punk on here to me. That's, oh my God. That's for me. Like, that, that's putting me up in too much of a stratosphere. Well, I'm happy to be here and uh, I'll try not to assault you backstage. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm a big hey assault him all, is, all he wants. I mean, he's, yeah, he, he can take it. If his favorite three clown wrestlers <laughs> are Doink, Dink, and Dick, I think he can handle a little, little beat up Ooh. backstage. That's why I we love Connor. So, I oh, thought that stop. was your favorite. Stop. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> again, thank you guys for joining us here on Talking Elite. Always a great time seeing you guys, and always a great time talking to this awesome panel we have. And without further ado, if there's nothing else, to everybody out there, good night.